A student of combat once said to his master, You teach me how to fight, and yet you constantly speak of peace. How do you reconcile this? The master replied to him, It is better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. The garden paradise of Eden in the Old Testament was transformed into a desert wasteland because Adam acted as a gardener when he was supposed to be at war. And in today's gospel, we see Christ doing the reverse. Christ shows himself as a warrior going into the desert wasteland to reclaim the garden that Adam lost. There's a saying, si vis pacem parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. Adam refused to go to war with the devil, so the peace they enjoyed in Eden that he was there to protect Eve with was lost. Christ spoke of peace, but he came to fight because the peace that because peace comes at the price of war. And that is why it is better to be a warrior in a garden than to be a gardener in a war. There is a war going on in this world. That's what I want to focus on, the spiritual warfare, because we don't get to decide to have war or peace. It's the reality of life. It's the reality we're born into. It's a reality that we inherit on this side of exile. As Job said, life on earth for man is a continual battle. We only get to decide whether we fight or whether we surrender. And that's why we should never resent the fact that we have problems in life. Because we're always going to have problems in life. We get over one mountain, there's just going to be another one on the other side. And resenting the times that we have, the problems that we have, whether it's in our family, in our country, in politics, in the church, it's really to sacrifice the very adventure that we're called into. It's the very problems that we face in life that reveal the deepest potential that was within us when we face them. To live is to fight. And we were born for this time. God knows well the battles that he calls us into in our personal lives and the world at large. And to bemoan our battle is really to miss out on the very venture where we get to encounter him. You think about this relations with relationships. Marriage is just the beginning, right? The second that marriage goes on autopilot, you start to lose it. It's a continual battle for our physical health. You're never just a healthy person. You're always striving to diet and to exercise. And once you stop doing that, once you stop fighting for that, little by little we lose it. It's also the same thing with our continual fight against sin in our life. That's why you see people going to confession over and over again. We're always fighting against sin. Unless you're a Catholic priest, then you're beyond all that. That's the... No, we actually have to go to confession much, much more. St. Paul talks about this. So flesh craves what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit craves what is contrary to the flesh. Why do I do what I do not understand? I do not do the things that I love, but I do the things that I hate. Therefore, the law of sin is within me, but also the law of grace. They are at war within me. 
And that war remains as long as we're on this earth. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. To live our faith in this world is a battle. Some of the last words of Christ before he went to the cross. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me before you. If you belong to the world, the world would love you as its own. But you do not belong to the world. I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember what I told you. A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you too. But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept. You want to know how difficult it is to live the gospel in our world? How often do we make the sign of the cross in public? When we're at a restaurant and pray over the meal. Even just at school, right? Or with family who doesn't believe. Why is that difficult? It's a battle. And that's okay. As long as we're in this earth, it's going to be a battle to live the truths of our faith. Because we feel the contradiction between the light and the darkness. We don't get to choose to not have a war. All we get to choose is what we do within it. Adam wanted the peace of the garden without war, but his surrender led to our slavery. Christ, the Prince of Peace, came to this earth for war, the war for our souls, the war for our hearts, our wills, and our eternal salvation. And that is why he went into the desert today, to do war with the devil and regain that land for us. The question is, how do you know where God is calling you to fight? What's the desert you're called to walk into during this Lent? What is the battle he is inviting you into? First thing is, it has to come from him. Not all of us have the same fights in our life. The only way you'll really know that you're fighting the right battle is if it comes from the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ did not decide to walk into the desert. Every single account says the Holy Spirit drove him there. He was inspired from within to go into that desert. We do ourselves a great disadvantage when we try to decide for ourselves what wars we're going to fight. And that's why I tell men, don't watch the television. Because if we're taking too much of the news into ourselves, it's now the news and the problems of the world that dictate our actions. Fools rush in to war. Cowards run away. Only those who are led by the Spirit of God will walk into that desert gracefully, and they will find victory. So you have to watch the signs. Am I fighting the right battle? Well, number one, it has to come from God. And how do you know when it's coming from God? He will fill you with hope, a joy, a peace, and a fire in your heart, and a determination never to give up, no matter what struggles you run through. If you find yourself empty after going into certain battles in your life, with certain relationships, and you're trying to force things, and then you feel empty afterwards, that's a sign from God, this isn't your fight. If you're losing your peace, it's a sign. This isn't your fight. 
Because the, the, the promise of Christ is that we will never lose his peace, his joy, the fire in our hearts when we're acting according to his will. And that's how he protects us. He takes away his peace so that we realize I'm going in the wrong desert. So in essence, our struggles must be a response. I'm not doing this because I'm choosing this war. God is calling me into it. And every single one of us has our own war that we are called to fight right now in our lives. My war, the desert God is calling me to enter into in this time, is for authentic masculinity. Someone said to me the other day, how long are you going to beat this dead horse of masculinity? Like, that's sadly kind of an inappropriate analogy. A dead horse. It's more like trying to give it CPR. Yeah, it took a while to get that one. Because we're not dead. Men are not dead. But we have been asleep for some time. At some point along the way, men took the back seat in life. We are called to protect. The, the fundamental vocation of every man is to protect his family, to protect what belongs to him, to stand guard against threat so our wife and our children are free. We prepare for war so our family can be in peace. We guard the walls outside so the garden can flourish inside. And whenever you don't have that, whenever the man doesn't take care of the walls, who has to do it? Usually the wife. Then there's a lot of resentment in that relationship on why am I the one protecting the walls? Same thing happens with priests and laity. One complaint I get often all the time is why are the lay people more ardent in professing the truths of our faith than our priests who are supposed to be protecting us? The priests are the ones who are called to stand guard on the walls of our church to protect the moral and theological truths of our faith so you don't have to worry about it. You can come in here and just enter into the Spirit with God. The garden of your soul can be protected when we priests stand on guard against the world. And that's my job principally, to guard the walls of our morality and our theology against the attacks of the enemy. That's what men do. We protect what is ours. And that's why we have to, you know, I saw something the other day. I didn't know if I was going to talk about it, but it was, it just burned on my mind. It was in the midst of creating this homily. So I was like, well, maybe it's a sign from God. But it came across when I was doing my studies is on Good Morning America, child of 11 years old, a boy, was paraded out on Good Morning America dressed as a transgender drag queen. 11-year-old boy. And to the sound of heavy applause from everybody in the crowd, the host of the show tell him how courageous and how strong he is to 11-year-olds know his true identity as a transgender drag queen. And all the while, his father and mother sitting in the front row watching it. That's a form of child abuse. See, the reason that we say that children cannot, young people can't have sexual relations before 18 
that is considered assault if you're older than 18, someone else, is that we say that they can't really understand the act that they're going into until they get to a certain age. And yet, as a society, we're promoting an 11-year-old boy to embrace his identity as a transgender drag queen. And my problem, my war, is not against the media. My war isn't against the crowd, it's not even against the mother. I'm looking at the father. I'm saying, why aren't you protecting your boy? How could you allow him to be paraded out in such a fashion on national television at such a young age? Maybe he doesn't know any different. Maybe he thinks he's actually doing the right thing for the boy. That's why we have to know the difference between the beasts and the angels when we walk into the desert. Christ was among the beasts and the angels in the desert. And we have to be able to distinguish between the two in our own war. Because the beasts represent error. The angels represent truth. What's the sign of the beast? The sign of the devil. 666, right? Well, 666 refers to the sixth day of creation. Those who sacrifice the seventh day, the truth of God, the truth of eternity, in order to remain on the sixth day, a worldly utopia, where we decide for ourselves what is right and what is wrong. Where we deny the commandments of God in order to build up a perfect life on this earth. That's always the sign of the beast. It's ultimately an act of despair, a denial of heaven. So we have to be able to discern in our life the difference between beasts and angels, truth and error, especially as men called to protect our family. I need to bring up a couple examples because the greatest tactic of the enemy is to bring up other Catholics and say, look at what these Catholics do. Therefore, it's okay to believe and to do what they do. And when you make yourself a public persona as a Catholic to promote certain ideals that are contrary to our faith, it needs to be addressed or else many other people will be inspired to go into that same direction. So President Biden, although he promotes himself as a faithful Catholic, an angel of truth, is manifesting ideas of the beast because he's promoting deceptive gender ideologies that directly contradict God's commandments and the teachings of our Catholic faith. Father James Martin, although he displays himself as a faithful Catholic priest, an angel of truth, is manifesting ideas of the beast because he's causing confusion and disorientation regarding the church's teachings, unchanging teachings on same-sex unions and transgenderism. He is a priest ordained to protect the moral teachings of the church, to protect the garden. And instead, he's breaking down the walls and allowing insidious ideas inside the gates that's causing much confusion and disorientation. And that comes from the evil one. So I'm not interested in politics, nor the personal lives of other priests. My battle is for men, Catholic men, whether you're a lay person, a priest, or the President of the United States, 
It is our responsibility as Catholic men to protect the commandments of God, and anything less than that is our failure. And when we fail, that's when the garden paradise becomes a desert wasteland. So it's okay to be a progressive liberal Catholic. Not only is it okay if you have that orientation, it's necessary. You have gifts to bring to the church, and it's okay to be a conservative, traditional Catholic. It's necessary. We need you in the church. And we're all called, as liberal and, and traditional Catholics, to coexist within the walls of the church. That's where the garden flourishes. It's not okay to be a heretic. It's not okay to hold ideas that are outside the Catholic faith. If I find myself so traditional that I deny Vatican II and anything that's come 50 years afterwards, I'm outside the church. If I find myself so progressive that I deny the theological or moral teachings of the 1900 years of Catholicism before Vatican II, I'm outside the Catholic Church. And that's never a good place for us to be. And it's our responsibility, primarily as priests, to build up those walls around this sanctuary to let people know what is inside and what is outside for your protection. That's what we're ordained to do. It's what every man is called to do. It is better to be a warrior in a garden than a gardener in a war. In the world, we are called in our own ways, every single one of us, to be warriors for Christ, warriors for His truth. But when we come to Mass, we are all warriors in a garden. And in this garden, we receive from the cross of Christ, from His sacrifice on the Mass, the new fruit forbidden to no one who's living in His commandments, the fruit of His body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Holy Eucharist. When you receive Him, ask Him to reveal to you what is the war that you're being drawn into in this Lenten season? What is the desert you're called to walk into and reclaim for His glory? As the psalm said, Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me Your paths. Guide me in Your truth and teach me. And do not be afraid if after such a prayer the Spirit drives you like Christ into the wilderness to do war with the devil. Do not fear, but rejoice. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. If you truly want the peace of the gospel, prepare yourself for war.